New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. But this year, we are through. Amen? God is good. God is good. What amazing God we serve. You know, sometimes I don't believe that we realize how good God really is to us. I know a lot of times people say, you know, God is good and, and all those wonderful things of that nature. But many times I don't think it really resonates to us. All the good things that God does for us on a daily basis, really. You know, stuff that we don't even ask for, stuff we don't even think about. He just does, he just do what he do. And, you know, and the thing about it is that, uh, uh, by the grace of God, furnace, let me get my water back down in that, uh, that chair. Um, and many times people don't realize the value of continuing to trust God. Remember in the book of Hebrews, God said he's a rewarder, reward of those that diligently seek him. Not sometime, but all the time. You know, um, before I got saved and everything, I really didn't understand what really church really mean. And I know people look at it, you know, just a bunch of people just get together, really, whatever, and stuff like that. But church really has a significant meaning to it based upon you as a person, really. A lot of stuff happened in church that, that does not happen in homes. Um, you can't get too many people in, your, in, in the house, in your home, that lay hands on you. You can't really get too many people in your home, really, to be able to pray with you, talk to you, and counsel with you when you need them in the home. And that's why a lot of times the enemy has worked overtime to keep people from seeing the big picture. Because what you're doing is you are created to fellowship with God and to fellowship and, and to be able to establish a fellowship with each other. But so many people don't look at it. It's all about me. And that's what the enemy is all about is me. And he works overtime to keep us separated from one another. And but the most important thing, and we have to be able to look beyond this smoke screen that he has placed out there so we can be able to see, say, God, look, I don't care what I do or what, what, what I'm doing or whatever. I need fellowship with you. You know, um, even when I was in the military, I could not. Uh, if I wasn't traveling, I would find me a place I could go to church at. And many times, it wasn't sometime I always got something, per se, but there was something about that happened inside of me by being in the presence of God, being in the presence of other saints or whatever. And that's one of the things that we want to be able to continue to keep. God is going to reward you. He's going to bless you for everything you do. Because when we get to heaven, guess what? It's going to all going to be about celebration. It's all going to be about fellowshipping with each other by the grace of God. And, and being in church is so important to become alive because you see things, you receive things there. Testimony. You don't hear testimonies in your house. 
Unless you know you don't have people that come in your house and share testimony with you. But those words are encouraging to you because it lets you know, guess what? If God can do it for them, surely he can do it for me. But when you're separated and you're not there, you're out of place, guess what? You don't hear that. And that's why it's so easy to really say, well, you know, I really don't need this. I don't really need that or whatever. No, you need church. You need to be in a place of fellowship and worship with other believers so you can be able to learn, be able to get along with other people. And there are so many things that happen in church that you cannot even imagine, really, that goes on. But God is good. I'm not telling, I'm not bad-mouthing those that don't attend, but I'm telling you this. You are missing so much. Not only about what you can get from them, but what you can give to others. You're missing out. And the thing about it, you can live your life, a great life, and all this stuff like that, and it's wonderful, whatever. But I'm telling you, that's why the Bible says, you know, we don't want to separate ourselves from one another. Forsake. Hebrew 10, 25 said what? Forsake not the assembly of ourselves together. As the, as the man of some here. It would. And Daphne, put it on over here, if you will. Um, Hebrew 10, 25. I just want to look at that real quick. It's not the message. But I just want to encourage you the importance of church. And being in fellowship in church. To me, I just don't feel like my Sunday is right. My week is right. If I miss fellowship. Especially if I don't have a good legitimate reason. I know there are things come up that you cannot, uh, you cannot avoid. You, you know, things that happen. But it says here in Hebrews 10.25, he says what? Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. As to what? The man of some is, but exalting what? One another. And so much the more as you see the days approaching. So it's just so important to be in fellowship, to know God, and continue to worship God. Amen? God good? All the time. This week, last week, I spoke to you about not worrying. Don't worry, be happy. Because God going to take care of the situation. And just like Daphne was talking about earlier about um, how God was. But see, even the scripture today, he said he knows all the things you have need of. And he's going to give them to you. Not when you want, when you may not, when, when you expect them to happen on your timetable. But he got your back. And this is why I said, how in the world can you not fall in love with a God like that? How can you not be able to be able to worship a God like that? And this week, we want to share with you about living this new life. I mean, being a Christian is a wonderful life. And if you have not experienced this because you haven't experienced this new life that God has given you. I mean, you get so much joy. There's so much that comes from God when you learn to live this new life. And we want to share some things with you this morning from the scripture that I hope will be a blessing to you. But before we do that, let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for what you've already done. Father, we speak healing. We speak peace. We speak joy. Speak love into this congregation this morning. That, Father, we'll not only just see it, but we'll be able to experience it by your grace and your power through each other. And, Father, I pray that your word this morning will not return unto you void, but it will accomplish and prosper 
and the place and where to you send it. Open up our ears that we hear. Open up our eyes that we may see. Open up our understanding that we may get an understanding that we will continue to move forward to live and to be more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This was a passage of scripture we have shared. Um, you heard mentioned many times. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. And it says this. He said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. And we want to break down those three words that is morning for you. Um, anyone, a new creation, and now, I'm sorry, to be in Christ, and also he, your new creation. Now, this for here is so important. You know the way he said, therefore. What do you mean by when he said, therefore? What he's saying is that something has happened before he made mention of this scripture here. And this therefore comes from verse 16. Look at verse 16, if you will. Verse 16 and 11. And, and the thing about this new life a lot of things you won't understand until you learn. And that's why it's so important of coming to church. Because a lot of things you can learn, a lot of things you can be taught, there are a lot of nuggets you can pick up when you come to church that you won't, you won't pick up in a house on a Sunday or a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or whatever. But there's a lot of nuggets that you can pick up. God had orchestrated that place for you and placed that place there so he can come and fellowship with you, talk to you, and be able to give you a deeper understanding, a greater understanding, really, of his word. I'm not saying he can't do that at home. But there's something about being in the presence, being in fellowship, and in church by the grace of God. He said in verse 16, he says, uh, he talks about this particular verse here. He said, so we stop um, evaluating other people. Now, what happens is this. The scripture said in verse 16, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. If you're not really in Christ, there's a lot of things that you won't understand. That's why a lot of times people, when they come, when they, when, they, when they go to church, when they go to other places, they try to use their natural minds to reason things out. But the natural mind will never understand the things of the spirit because they, were spirit, they are spiritually discerned. And many times when people be in Christ, people have a tendency to look at them, look down upon them, and make derogatory comments about them. Because for the simple fact is, they don't understand what's going on in their heart. And the only reason for that, I don't want to get ahead of myself, the only reason why they're not doing, acting, and speaking, and talking the way you're talking, speaking, and acting, because they have not been transformed. And Paul said, guess what? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. He don't look at things the way other people look at them. He don't look at people the way they look at people. Because he understands, you understands where they're coming from by the grace of God. And so he's trying to clear up, clear some misunderstanding in the, in, the, in the Corinthian church. He said, look, guys. He said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. He didn't say some people, but he said the word any, anyone. Anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. And he's not singling out just some people, a few people, but anyone in Christ, he is a new creature. Now, God is the one that brings us to, to Christ. 
with our own personal decision. Go to John chapter 6 and verse 37. This is why it's so important is sometimes not to jump the gun when it comes to dealing with some people. You really don't know what they're dealing with. But you always have to listen to who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you discernment and tell you what to do. A few weeks ago, a friend was sharing with me about this um, one situation that happened in Florida where, um, where the gentleman was fishing, and he had uh, um, somehow or another, his boat had capsized. So after the boat capsized, I guess the, someone had called and called the rescue squad or whatever, the people that are out there on the lakes or whatever, um, the patrols at the patrol of the lakes and whatever, and to uh, they came out there and rescued him, rescued him. But they didn't, you know, left the boat where it was because you know the boat can be retrieved later. So what he decided to do, the gentleman that that was in the boat, he decided to go back with a friend of his and try to retrieve the boat. And in the process of doing so, he lost his life, drowned it. Now, the question is, could that have been prevented? And most of the time, because we don't listen to the Holy Spirit, it causes us trouble down the road. Just like you heard people, you know, sometimes you hear them, you know, when it comes to stealing and stuff like that. Most of the time, the person that does the stealing got the money of the item they stole already in the pocket. And the point of it is, you have to ask yourself, what's the point? Why do I steal when I can just go ahead and pay for it? But that's just the way that sometimes our thinking be. And, and sometimes the people I'm talking about, this guy what I'm talking about, he was, he was a pastor. He was a pastor. And it just finalized him yesterday. But my point is this. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to do, how to do it, and when to do it, but he's going to leave the decision up to you by the grace of God. And that's why it's important when you see people doing stuff, involving stuff, that's why sometimes you have to be a little bit reluctant to try to, to judge them because they may be there, they may be going through some stuff, and they, they probably are saved, but at the same time, the mind has not been renewed by the, by the grace of God. Look at verse, um, verse John chapter 6 and verse 37. He says, all that the Father gives me, giveth me, shall come to me. And him while in no wise cast out. Um, if you come to Jesus, regardless of where you're jacked up, well, you, whoever you are, whether you uh, a drunkard or whether you're a drug addict, it does not matter. He said, whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. God is not going to run your way. But what happens is our mind, look at your neighbor and say, my mind. My mind be telling me all this stuff that I should do and what I should not do. And just like even many times, the Holy Spirit will tell you, say, look, this what you, this what you need to do and this what you should do. But because of our own instinct, the devil come along and say, you don't need to do that. You, you, you can do that later. How many times have you put off stuff today that you should have done today and you put it off for tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, guess what? Not realizing something else comes up, 
overwhelming, takes precedent, where you can now, that you no longer can now, no longer today can do what you what you plan to do, should have done yesterday. See, this spiritual birth is, is unique, really, because once you're born again, once you're born again, now at first, before you got saved, you had one nature. After you're born again, now you got two natures you got to deal with. You got your spiritual nature, and then you got your, uh, not your physical nature. And these two natures are always going to fight against each other. And whoever takes precedence is the one you yield to the most. And many times we yield to our, to our flesh more than we do the spirit. And if you do that, even though you're saved, even though you're saved by the grace of God, it still makes you live, think, and act like you're an unsaved person. Are you with me? And this would happen to a lot of people. They get saved in church. They give, they give their life to Christ. And after that, that far as they go, they don't think about being taught. They don't think about being, uh, being taught to grow up in the church. Look at, look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. Your spirit is brand new. And you got people 7 and 8 and 90 years old still got a baby spirit. Because they have not allowed themselves to grow. They have not allowed themselves to be taught. They, you know, they go by every wind and doctrine. What they say, what he say, they don't grow it. Just like a child. When a child is born, he has to, he needs to grow. And not only that, but also he needs to be able to eat. And what we eat is God's word. That's what changes you into this new person that God wants you to become. This is what caused you to have faith in him. Not just talking to talk, but getting that word into your heart. Like David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against you, God. And that's why the scripture said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It's more to it than just saying, Lord, I just thank you. I'm saved and whatever. Not only do you want to be saved, but you want to be able to enjoy the blessings of God being saved. Being able to walk in those blessings, know those blessings. Being able to, when things come, when things happen to you, you know what to do. But by not growing, by not reading, by not studying, not applying yourself, guess what? you still stay in that state, that state of complacency for 40 and 50 and 80 years. You got people that are 90 years, 80 years old, been in church just about every Sunday, and they cannot quote you one scripture out of the Bible. What happened? They did not apply themselves. They, they grew physically, but they did not grow spiritually. And that's what you want to do. You want to learn how to get in your spirit to grow spiritually by the grace of God. And then 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, it tells us that, but grow in the grace and knowledge, and knowledge of God. You don't want to just say, well, you know, uh, you have people say, well, you know, I, I know God loves me and all this. You know that, but you, do you really know that intuitively? Is it really in your heart that, that God, that you know God really loves you? So when you get into a situation, you need to know that God loves you because when you talk to him, you have to believe that he's going to bring you out of that situation. Yes. Can't be no doubt in your mind. 
And this is why a lot of promises, this is why a lot of people don't see promises coming for being fulfilled. That's why they don't experience all the things that other people experience. That's why it's so easy for them to live, live like a sinner today and then try to be a Christian on Sunday. It just don't work that way. Your Christianity, your, your spiritual life needs to be spilled over into your everyday life. That should be the one that takes over your life. It's your spiritual life by the grace of God. And most people don't understand that. That's like you got a physical side. You also have a spiritual side. And most people give very little attention to the spiritual side. One meal a week make one week. And that's so important to you because of the simple fact you feed your body, your physical body, just about every day. Is that right? And like, and like I said, maybe two or three times, even snack times and all other times. But at the same time, you're feeding your physical body. Now, our spirit should be the same size, even bigger than our physical body. Hello? But it's not. Why? Because we're not feeding it. And not that we can't, we just don't take the time to do it. And that's why a lot of people, you see a lot of people, you know, they can talk that talk and all that good stuff. They can quote a few scriptures to you, but they live just like they never even heard of God. Why? Why is that? Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 tell you what you need to do. Because, see, once you begin to grow and begin God and begin into God's word, he's going to teach you how to live. He's going to clean up all that cursing and, and all the other stuff that you were dealing with before, before you got saved. You can't change yourself. You can't break your, those jacked up habits that you have. A lot of people on alcohol today, on drugs and, and other different things, and they're trying to do it on strength. I got news for you. It, it won't happen that way. Until you get the right things in your head and in your heart, that's when your life is going to start changing. And the devil loves to, he loves to play with the mind. He loves to play with the mind. And that's why the scripture says in the easy to read version, it says this, don't change yourself to be like other people. Don't act like other people. Don't do the other things that other people are doing of this world. But let who? Let God change you inside with a new way of thinking. That's only going to happen. It only happened to me when I got into God's word. When I started learning God's word and being more committed to God than I was a building to a church or to a people, I became committed to God. And see, and this is what God is teaching people. It's not that you are committed to your building, to your denomination. You need to be committed to God himself. Build a relationship with him. Know his word. He said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they won't follow. And that's why it's important, really, is to, and how he speaks to you is through his word. That's what's going to change you. I know that's what changed me. Before I got saved, I had a foul mouth. Every other word came in my mouth was, was dirty. But guess what? Once I, once I got into the word, once my mind became renewed, all that changed by the grace of God. And even though you're in Christ, that don't mean that you're going to experience that new nature, that new life, until you change your mind, until you start reading and growing in God's word. And when you see that happen, guess what? 
things are going to change. That don't mean that your physical body is going to change. That don't mean your hair is going to change. That don't mean your, your size is going to change or whatever when you first get saved. But guess what? When you are born again, born again, that your spirit is brand new. It's now up to you to teach it, train it, and develop it to be what you want it to be. So you can walk in faith. You can believe God. You can trust God or whatever. Not just walk to walk, but you be able to talk to talk, but you be able to live the life by the grace of God. And that's why a lot of, a lot of people, it's not changing or whatever. I mean, they go to church every Sunday. But our lifestyle never changes. Why? Because they're not renewing their minds. They're not getting all the other stuff out. And the point is, that don't mean they're bad people. That means that they're not going to be able to experience all the good things they need to experience from God that God wants them to have because they're not, because they're not in God's word. And, and the thing about it, God's word is great. You learn so much. And when you get into his word, I'm telling you, it changes you inside out. It helps you to think. It clears up your head. It clears up your mind. It clears up a lot of confusion that you have in your, in your head by the grace of God. But a lot of times, guess what? People don't want to read. He said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Now, what does it mean to be in Christ? What does it mean to be in Christ? That means that now that you're in Christ, there's a new way of living now. Look at your neighbor and say, new way of living. There's a new way of talking. There's a new way of acting. There's a new, you, you, you're connected to a new power source now that you were not connected to before. You can do things now that you couldn't do before. Because, see, the world does not guarantee you that you can do all things through the world that strengthens you. They can't give you that assurance. But the Bible said you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. So regardless of where it's school, regardless of where it's a situation, you can overcome it by the grace of God. Why? Because you're now in Christ. You're now in Christ. And to be in Christ, you need to know your power, the authority that God has given you. And many times people, people, people don't, that they don't understand that. And when you tell them things about Christ, they're looking at you like a cow looking at a new gate like you're crazy. And see, not only that, but to be in Christ, you no longer got this mentality, well, I can't do this, I can't do that. The Bible says in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 6 and verse 14, sin, look at your neighbor, says sin, has no more, has no more power over you. And if you're doing things that you should not be doing, it's not because of God. It's because you have not renewed your mind and you have not gotten away from this old lifestyle, this old habits or whatever and stuff like that. As long as you continue to think and act and do and be in that environment all the time, you're going to continue to live just like you don't know Christ. And you don't want to do that. That's why it's important, like I say, sin. And people say, well, you know, I want to break this habit of a line. Well, if you read the word of God enough and pray, guess what? 
He will eventually, the Holy Spirit will convict you and teach you lying is not what you need to be doing. And many people do it. Many people have, you know, I'm not, not downing your drinking and your smoking. I'm not, not downing you. But you got to have it been drinking for 40 years and gone to several alcohol anonymous class. And they teach you, said, and most of the time they teach you just the opposite of what you should be saying. They teach you that I am an alcoholic. I am a drug addict or whatever it may be. And what you should be saying, I'm not a drug addict. I'm not an alcoholic. And, and they stay in this program for X number of weeks, X number of months. And they wonder why their life haven't changed. Because the mind has not been renewed. They're not getting the right things into the mind. They're not saying the right things. They're not speaking the right things. And so because they're not speaking and saying the right thing, the right things can't come out. Because what you put in is what comes out. That's what's so important. People say, well, you know, I didn't really mean to do that. And I don't know where that comes from. Where it comes from is inside of you. When you sweep the floor in your house, where did dirt come from? You brought it in the house on your shoes. The birds didn't come out and dump it in the house. You tracked it in there. And see, and being in Christ, see, all you need, everything you need really to be successful is in Christ. You got it. Like the scripture said, guess what? In the book of, um, in the book of Ephesians. That God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask, think, or imagine according to the power that works within us. And if you listen to God, you will not have to put yourself through some of the stress. Look at your neighbor says stress that you're going through. Worrying about your children, worrying about your family, worrying about your finances, worrying about your jobs, and all that crazy stuff. Because guess what? You are in Christ now. God got your back. He got your back. And he's going to take care of you. And the only thing you have to do is read his word, know his word, and learn how to obey him and listen to him. And you're always going to come out on top. You don't have to worry about it. People worry about what their children are going to do. You can't worry about what their child because you have no clue. Let me tell you, let me help you out. You have zero clue what that child is going to do when they leave that house. Zero. And you in the, in, the, in the bathroom taking them all the Excedrin and all the Advil and everything, worrying and stressing them out. But how are you going to help them? Worrying about what are you going to do? She's, she's hanging out with a gangbanger and all of other stuff and drugs and alcohol. You worry about what you're going to do. You can take them to all these places and still get very little or no help. And spend a whole lot of money. But when you're in Christ, if you're in Christ, all that changes. Because guess what? God going to give you some new hope. Did you hear me? God going to give you some new hope. That's right. Just like that sign of that new hope. Were you lost? Were you confused? You can get some new hope. 
while you're stressing and worrying about all those bills and all that stuff, what you going to do? Guess what? God will give you some new hope. And, and the thing about it, and he would do it with such ease. Why? Because when you are in Christ, you are now in into a covenant. you got a covenant relationship with Jesus now. He's committed to you regardless of what you do or don't do. Now, if it don't come, if it don't happen, it's not because of him. He, not, he did not renege on you. You reneged on him. You didn't, he did not say drop the contract, avoid the contract. You just, didn't do not, just did not do or fulfill your end of the contract. It's a whole new world. Whole new world thinking. Whole new world of, of being able to communicate. The things you want to do. And, and the thing about most people is this. They're trying to do all these wonderful things in the world. And they're not realizing, guess what? That's not where you want to be. Because you can be so earthly minded till you, till you know heaven and good. Be so jacked up out there. Now one scripture, I'm not sure I gave you the scripture, but I want to give it to you make sure you got it. Um, it said in Romans chapter 6 and verse 14, For sin shall not or shall not or will not have dominion over you. You're no longer under the law, but you're under grace. Now, this don't give you a driver license, go down and live crazy. Well, I can do what I want to do. You can, but there's a price you have to pay. And most people, they enjoy the pleasure, but man, they hate the pain. Because behind, depends on what type of pleasure it is. Pain is right behind it. And most times people don't see that. And that's why the devil get them at like he did Eve. You won't surely die. Man, you go ahead and eat this apple. Take this fruit. God already told them what to do. But guess what? We want to take this round peg and put it in the square hole. It hasn't been, it hasn't been done. But I, the devil said, I know I can do it. There's no doubt in my mind. He showed me how to do it. And you've been totally deceived because you have no idea the problems you're going to run into when you try to do it. Just like, just like, um, you know, just like being, you know, doing crime. Why in the world are you going to do crime when they study crimes every day? How do you think you're going to outsmart the cops? There's so much technology that they have out there that you cannot even imagine. But we still figure we can do this crime and get away with it and never get caught. You are lost as a ball in high grass. You on your way to jail and don't even realize it. You caught and don't realize you got caught. But guess what? These are the thoughts. And you can be in Christ and think this crazy stuff. Well, you know, God, God can't help me. He, he cannot bless me. I'm in a situation where I need some help. Now, I, I, I just can't wait on the Lord. I need to do it now. And many times we do it now, and we'd have waited another day, another few hours, another few days. God, God came through for us. Happens all the time. To be in Christ. Now, Paul also talks about you are a new creation. 
new creation. You may not look new. You may not feel new. But guess what? If God says you are a new creation, you are a new creation by the grace of God. And that's why it's so important for us as believers to understand, guess what? It's not what I think or how I feel. It's what God's words say about me. What he says trumps everything else that I be thinking, what I'm feeling, and what others have said about me. If he said you're a new creation, you are a new creation. If he said you can walk on water, guess what? You can walk on water. He said you're an overcomer, guess what? You are an overcomer. Now it's up to you whether or not you want to fight and, and overcome or not. But you're an overcomer by the grace of God. And that's why it's so important, really, for people to understand, guess what? You don't have to live below the poverty level that people say you have to live being in Christ. Because I'm telling you, the blessings of the Lord make it rich. And he has no sorrow with it. God going to take care of you. That's why I love that scripture. Says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new New creation. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. All things become new. And you know, and just like when it comes to relationship, even though you can have a, a pretty challenging relationship by the grace of God, you know, and not by the grace of God, but by by doing certain things and acting, living a certain way. But at the same time, by you being in Christ and knowing God's word, that relationship can change. You know what we said about this year of 2022? This is the year of the turnaround. I don't know about you, but I tell you what, I've had a lot of things turn around this year. Amen. Why? Because I believe it. I'm listening. I'm obeying and reading the word by the grace of God and doing what God telling me to do. They have no reason, have no other recourse but to turn around. I can be broke as Buck Jones' pony. That's pretty broke. And guess what? In a few months, in a few weeks, a few years, listening to God, I'll be loaning you money. That's the way God works, if you're listening to him. God is an amazing God. He is an amazing God. And that's why, that's why when Paul said, guess what? He said he is a new creation. He's referring to, like I say, that person now, if you look at them, they look the same. But guess what? Things have changed in life. Look at Paul. Look at Apostle Paul. Before he got saved, before, he, before God changed him on his way to, the, on his way to um, Damascus, on Damascus Road. That guy was a terror. He was there to, man, look, let me go give me some of them Christians. I need to beat me a few of them today. Just for GP. 
And look how God changed his life. And that's what he's speaking. He's not speaking from just information. He's speaking now from his personal experience. If any man be increased, therefore, I don't see people like I've seen them in the past. The way I looked at Christians in the past, you know, these, these old hypocrites and low-lighted people talking about Christ and all that stuff, I don't look at them the same way now. I see them in a different light now. Why? Because I'm looking through a different light now. I see things different. I'm talking different now. And that's why he said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. You don't want to just talk about it, but you want to be able to feel, experience the power of God in your life. You want to be able to know the change that God has taken place in your life. We sing that song, say, I looked in my hand, they look new. The hand may not look new. They may look the same. But it does not have anything to do with God. Remember we said a few weeks, the things that are seen are what? Are temporal. And see, and that's the playground that the devil likes to get people in. And his playground is the temporal ground. Looking at the natural, what I can see, what I don't feel. You know, and, and he loves to deal with symptoms. If he can get you to feel a certain way, he, he come up with the symptoms. Well, you got this, you got that, and, and this going on, whatever. He created the symptoms, then all of a sudden, the thought is coming. You got this. Well, it runs in the family. No, no, no. You are in a new family now. You got a new family now. You are in, you have a new, you're a new creation now. Old things, look at that, old things. High blood pressure, diabetes, all the other stuff, all have passed away. And behold, guess what? All things have become new. If you can believe it, you can receive it. And that's why the scripture said, all things are possible to them that believe it. And when you can get to that point, guess what? Like I said last Sunday, you don't have to worry because you can be happy because you know God got your back. He's going to take care of you. What are some of the benefits of being a new creation? Number one, got a new beginning. Got a new beginning. God has given you a new beginning. He has basically reset your life. That's what he did for me. I don't know about you. When he came into my life, he reset my life. Put me on a whole different new course now. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 and 24. We all have sinned. But guess what? God didn't leave us short. He picked us up. So you got a new start. You don't do things the way you used to do them now. You're thinking different. You're acting different. You're talking different. You're around a different crowd of folks. If you want to have money, keep money, enjoy money, be around people that got money. Won't be broke, poor, disgusted, and mad. 
Hang around people that are poor, mad, and disgusted. I mean, God gives us opportunity to walk this stuff out. To come out of this mess, this way of thinking where, you know, this is all I have. This is all I can do. This is really my hand. No! No, 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 no. You're a new creation now. You deal, when you write checks now, you write them on the banks of heaven. But when you write it, make sure God told you. Because he don't believe in no bouncing check. If, if it bounces, it ain't God. You heard, but it wasn't from God. Now you got to go and borrow some money to pay for that money. No, God don't do it. If God tell you to do it, it's going to come to pass. If a rat teller, if, 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 if a rat teller plow to tell a mule to, um, if, if, if all of a sudden, if, 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 if someone tell you that a rat can pull a plow, what you do? What you do? Hook him up. God going to take care of you. And see, and this is the difference from religion, going through religion, and building your relationship with God. And that's what you want to do. You don't want to just think this stuff going to work. You need to know that it's going to work. And that's why Paul said in the book of Philippians, all the good stuff in this world. What you want to do, Paul? Paul said, I just want to know him and the power of his resurrection by the grace of God. That's what's more important to me. Because when I get into a situation, guess what? He's going to bring me out. He's going to bring me out. Even though I walk through the valley of the what? The shadow of death. I will feel what? No evil. Why? Because he's with me. And he promised us in the book of Matthew, he said, guess what? I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. So why can't I be successful? Why can't I experience this new life in Christ? Why do I need to have drugs and alcohol to be able to, to enjoy life? I don't need it. Only thing I need is Jesus. If I got Jesus, and the song said, that's enough. You don't need nothing else. By the grace of God, God will take care of you. The benefits of a new creation, he giving you a new beginning. Romans chapter, chapter 3 and verse 23. I'm telling you, God is good. Mighty good. Therefore, anyone has sinned, we all fall, have, fall, have fall short of God's glorious standards. And see, the point is, God knows, God knows that we're, undeser- that we, we're undeserving. And the devil knows you're undeserving. That's why he's always picking on you. That's why he's always messing with you. You can't do this. This is too much for you. This not going to happen. You're not going to be able to accomplish this. You can't, you can't overcome this sickness. You can't lose this weight. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You don't have enough money to live here or to buy that, to enjoy this or enjoy that. You don't have that. 
all of those are lies. Because you're in, you're in Christ now. You're a new creation now. You don't have to listen to that foolishness anymore. And God is so good. That's why David, David said in the book of Psalms, he said, oh, taste. People are smelling, but they're not tasting. Stop smelling and start tasting that God is good. Not sometime, but all the time. And then he's better than that by the grace of God. God is wonderful. Then Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse, verse 2 and 3. It's amazing. Amazing God we serve. Amazing God. And that's what I'm saying. God is in it to win it. And if you're with him and stay with him, you're going to win too. That's why he said in the book of Deuteronomy, said the Lord our God made a contract with you at Mount Horeb. Not with your ancestor, but with you who are here and alive today. He's in contract. And he's not going to break that contract. He's going to stick to, he's going to stick with that contract. It does not matter how you feel, how you're thinking, you feel jacked up, that you've blown it, that you messed everything up. God is still in place. He's never left you alone. He's still there to help you, to bring you through all the stuff, all the heartaches, the pain that you're dealing with by the grace of God. Not only he's giving you by being, in a, by, being a, by being a new creation, but also he's giving you, now you have a new relationship. See, people are always talking about serving God. But very often they talk about a relationship with God. That's the difference. You can serve a lot of people, yes, they don't mean you have a relationship with them. And do a lot of things for people. It don't mean you have a relationship with them. A lot of us work for people. They don't mean we have a. Don't, don't mean we have a relationship with them. We talk to them. We be friendly. We friend them and stuff like that. But to be able to to have a new relationship with someone that you know that genuinely love you. It's hard to find those people. Look at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter two and verse thirteen. He said, but now you belong to Christ Jesus, as though you once were far away from God. But now you have been brought very near to him because of what Jesus had done for you with his blood. With his blood. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13. Because of what Jesus had done on the cross for you. You, you, you think about it. You just, you just think about meditating for him. You have a lot of people to do a lot of things for you and me. But we haven't really literally found nobody yet to die for us. That's an amazing thought. Because of what he did on the cross, what he went through, how he suffered, how he bled, and all the stuff that he went through to suffer for you and I. 
And that's why the Bible said, even though we were yet sinning, Christ died for us. Because each one of us right now should be on our way to a devil's hell. Because there was nothing else, there was nothing else in this world that can change the penalty but the blood of Jesus Christ. Just think about how we treat him. The things we do, the things he tells us to do, and things we don't do. Why? Because I don't feel like it. I'm too tired. I don't have time. And he get those thoughts in our head, guess what? I just don't feel like it today. <laughs> How many times you heard that? I just don't feel like it today. And after you do what you don't feel like doing today, this old guy said, look how sweet it is after you've done it. And then feel like getting up this morning. Now I roll out and now that I'm here, guess what? Lord, I'm glad I'm here. I couldn't have felt this way if I'd have been in that, in that bed. But thank God. I listen and I obey. And not only that, but also being a new creation, it gives you access now. That's why the scriptures say, let us come boldly to the throne of grace in the, book of Ephe- in the book of Hebrews that we may obtain grace and strength in the time of need. So I got one more point, one more point. So the benefits of new, new creation, it gives us a new beginning. It gives us a new relationship. And the last point is we got a new identity. New identity. You're not that old crazy man or crazy woman you used to be. You're not what a lot of ancestors call you when you're growing up. <laughs> Boy, they gave us a lot of names. And you wonder why they got a lot of verbs and adjectives from. But guess what? Christ, guess what? You got a new identity now. You're a new person. And once we could get a vision of that when things are not going right in our life, It'll change that pattern of thinking that we've dealt with for years. I'm this, I'm that. My hair is not long as I want it to be. My nose is not this. My ears are not that. It'll change that, that way of thinking that you have a new identity now. You're a new person. You're not the old person anymore. And sometimes, you notice if you read the book of Acts, they always tried to keep Paul back and to relate to him like he used to be, like he was before he got saved. And when you go around a lot of your friends and your family, that's the way they want to relate to you. That's old John. That's, that's Mary and Joseph boy. That old carpenter boy. Remember that old boy used to be down the street there with raggedy pants on, whatever? 
that old raggedy building they had down there, being a carpenter, that's the boy. They never looked at him being a savior of the world. They never looked at him that way. And that's where we got to look at our children. That's where we got to look at each other. Don't look at what they was, but look at what, they, what you want them to be. And that's why the scriptures say, you know, over there in the book of Genesis, that when God didn't like certain things, didn't like the way things looked in the darkness, he said, guess what? Let there be light. And there was light. You don't like something, you don't have to hate it. You can change it by speaking what you want. You can change it by the grace of God. I don't feel good. Guess what? Now that you said it, you won't. Pain in my body. But God, I thank God I'm pain free. Guess what? You can overcome it. That's why I tell people all the time, you know, they got with this new, with this new variance they got coming out. You guys already probably heard about it. Already know about it. Um, it's already been mentioned that it's already been identified. Who's going to get it? Who's not going to get it? You see that one commercial say they're advertising some type of a ration in the body? Not me. Not me. But how, how can you prevent all this stuff from happening? You got to renew your mind. You can't chase every rabbit that jumps out the bush. Because all the rabbits that jump out there might not be edible. It could be a possum. It could be a fox or something. You don't know the difference between them. And see, and, and the thing about God is this. He, is do, he has done everything humanly possible. This music getting ready to play. He has done everything humanly possible for us to be successful in this life. And they've already said, begin to talk about it, saying, you know what? Your natural immune system is stronger than any vaccine you got on the market. That is unbelievable some people but see this why this why the enemy don't want you to know this word that's why he don't want you to get into this word that's why he don't want you to understand this word and to know this word and just like he said look in the book of psalm he said a thousand a thousand shall fall by thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but guess what? It shall not and will not come nigh you by the grace of God. How many people, if they knew that, how would that change their life? But people don't like to read. They don't like to study. They got the devil keep them busy because he's, when the devil keeps them busy, guess what? All the other stuff is none involved. Well, you can listen to it on YouTube. 
What's the other, the other program they got? Well, we, you can zoom it when you get a chance. And guess what? When you get time to zoom it, Devin came up with you another plan. Something else can come up. Now you're zoomed out. It never happens. Next week, the same thing. Well, you know, you can, you can do it. Well, don't worry about it this week. Where's the next week? Well, he putting an antidote for you, waiting on you. Next week come, all of a sudden, by the grace of God, it don't happen because you're too busy. Because all that unexpected stuff that you don't see, you know, like being a boxer, the punch that knock you out is not the one you see, the one that you don't see. And he's definitely a sucker puncher. He loved to sucker punch people. And he ease up on you and get you on the blind side and give you a K to knock you out completely. Absolutely. We can't, we can't allow that to happen. Good friend call you up and say, hey, look, man, just think about you. And they ain't talking about nothing. Talking loud, saying that, but guess what? They eating up that time. That God had told you that you need to spend with him. That's why it's good. I encourage you all. I know you may not have the time to do it. I encourage all of you. If you don't do it, the best time to really to minister and to fellowship with God is early in the mornings. When everything is quiet. No TV, no phones, or nothing else. Everything is quiet. There's nobody but you and him. And when you study the life of Jesus, that's what he did. He always got up early in the mornings and went out there and spent time with Jesus. He spent time with the Father. Because once, once that clock rang, when them other feet hit the floors, honey, it is on. Wide open. Now he's trying to catch up. Now he's trying to catch up. And all that time you spend, that time you was going to pray, you're going to read, it don't happen. I'm telling you. Get that time with God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we just want to thank you for living this life. And Father, living this new life that you've given us. It's not a disappointing life, but Father, it's a great and wonderful life. And, Father, we thank you for what you've done for us and things you've taught us and the things you're, you're constantly teaching us right now, Father. And we praise you for what you've done for, for us, Father, in Jesus' name. And we give you all the glory. We give you all your praise, all the honor. And thank you, Lord, for the good things you're doing that you continue to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, we'll get ready for communion. Get ready to let you guys go. Enjoy this, this nice.